Kingdom of Our community, what is happening? Today is the day. This is the official launch of the Mission of Multifamily book, a missionary's journey towards financial freedom through apartment investing. That's me. That's my story. And I cannot wait to get you a copy of this book today uh, for free. Just as a way of saying thank you for your incredible support uh, for listening to this podcast show for so long and really being a part of this journey for so long as well. And I have really put that journey, the lessons that I've learned, uh, really from how I went from buying a duplex to buying 144 units while I was still serving as a missionary and now having our own apartment syndication firm and looking and doing deals all over the country. This is a book for anyone who is either just getting started and wanting to learn how to break into an industry and get into real estate and maybe begin to experience financial independence yourself, or you've been in this industry for a long time. Um, You are in the real estate industry, you're in another industry, and you're figuring out how do we go to the next level? How do I break through this ceiling? What are the barriers I need to overcome, both mentally, physically, financially, This is the book for you as well, and so cannot wait to get you this. All you have to do is go to missionofmultifamily.com and grab your copy, missionofmultifamily.com. And when you do that, uh, you also will have the opportunity to win a $100 Amazon gift card, a free Mission of Multifamily shirt that I'm wearing right now. This thing feels great. It's giving me confidence. Uh, You'll be entered to win that, and you'll get an email on exactly how to do that as soon as you register for your free book at missionofmultifamily.com. Thanks for all your support. I can't wait to get this to you. I know you're going to love it. Let's get into the episode. Welcome, everyone, to the Kingdom Capitalist Show. This is your host, Ellis Hammond, and this is the podcast for you as a kingdom business leader to really learn what it looks like to advance God's kingdom, both in your life and your business. And listen, I am so excited. I'm laughing as I make this introduction because of the two incredible friends and gifted entrepreneurs, real estate investors that I have on this show. Um, And I'm really, really excited, inspired, and even honored that these guys will come on the uh, on on this podcast show and talk about just the different things we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk a lot about real estate, what it looks like as an early real estate investor um, to really grow and scale your portfolio and your business. But we're also going to enter the the, the conversation around race um, and what it looks like, even the barriers that are present uh, for minorities in a, in a world like real estate, where honestly it's predominantly white and. I want to use this platform at Kingdom Capitalist to really highlight that conversation and really, you know, especially in a time like this to really join in this. And so I got two incredible guys. I'm excited to introduce you to uh, Hakeem Valles, Valles and uh, Jerome Myers. So welcome, guys. How are you? What's going on, man? I'm excited to be with you. Ellis, what's up, bro? Appreciate you having me on the show. And one of the reasons I was laughing because the last name Valles, I was trying to figure out how to say that. And if he added that accent on his own, but he said that was given to him. So it is it's definitely still butchered it a little bit. Still butchered it <laughs> a little bit. Valles. Valles. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not that smooth, man. So I got I to gotta work on that. So <laughs> anyways, funny. man. So I want to get into this. And um, I'm really excited for this show, as you guys already know. So let me, let me at least start with this. Let, let's make some short intros. Um, Jerome, you know, is actually, I'm really, you've got a big conference this weekend that we'll be speaking at and doing a lot on the real estate front. Um, you are, let's say, your, your bio is asset manager for approximately 90 units, 90,000 square feet of workforce housing across Virginia, North Carolina, and on a mission to hold a thousand doors by the end of 2028. Um, man, you're, and you've been just hitting the, the real estate stages, man. You're everywhere right now. And then Hakeem, former NFL player, real estate entrepreneur, helping a lot of folks on social media also learn how to get started investing. So besides that, guys, tell us a little bit about yourself. Jerome, why don't you start, man? Yeah, man, I'm a corporate America dropout. Hmm. You know, I left corporate America back in 2016 to pursue this real estate thing full time. Thought I was going to go buy an apartment right after I walked out and got turned away by 10 banks. So I had to do some fixing and flipping first. And found a partner who brought me into the space. And for those who know, 
if you want to get in a multifamily, you got to have somebody bring you in. You don't get the, that first loan without having somebody come in with you. So that's my story. Love it. Got to unmute me, my bad. Um, yeah, uh, I've just been a lifelong entrepreneur, um, you know, from selling candy to fixing iPhones to flipping houses to, you know, house hacking in the NFL to being on the real estate side of the cannabis space um, to now running a media company, um, which has been just an exciting transition all around. Um, excited and passionate to talk about some of the topics on race today. Um, I've got no boss, so I got nothing to hold back in that sense. So yeah, I'm excited. Well, well guys, if you would allow me, man, I just want to pray for this time. Uh, we typically start the podcast that way. So uh, let me just pray for us, pray for our audience to really receive and hear this message and we'll get going. Uh, so God, we're so grateful to be able to be here. I'm thankful for these two brothers and uh, just for, um, their stories and what they've accomplished and even overcome and just the way that you've blessed them, whether they realize it or not. And just, uh, I want to pray that this time, this hour, however long we have together, uh, you, you would be in it that, um, you would allow us to really hear from you and really hear stories, God, that would challenge us, encourage us, and, and even equip us as kingdom leaders, God, to really seek your kingdom, no matter what that means, no matter what that cost. We pray that in Christ's name. Amen. So let's start on the real estate side of things. I want to hear first, I mean, about that first deal for you guys, what that first deal was, especially if someone's listening and they want to get into real estate. Um, let's talk briefly about that. Jerome, what was that first deal for you? I mean, you, you mentioned it, you know, on that multifamily side. How did you get into that? Yeah, the first deal for me was a 23 unit. I assume we're just talking multifamily, right? So it was a 23 unit in Richmond, Virginia. It was a deal that I tried to buy by myself in January or February of 2017. And I wasn't able to do it because the bank said I didn't have any experience. And I started asking all the questions, right? Because I was pretty proud of my corporate career. Just filled, finished building a $20 million division for a Fortune 550 company. I was like, well, what do you mean I don't have experience? I just did this. We hired 175 people in the course of a year. Uh, I got an MBA. I got a professional engineering license. I'm going down all the reasons why I got experience and they didn't care about any of that. The question they said was, did you sign a loan for a deal with the same business plan and successfully execute that? And the answer was a resounding no. And said, go get a partner that's done this and then come back. But I didn't know anybody. Right. So I went and did what I knew that I could do since I was out of corporate America and that was fix and flip houses. And I happened to be sitting on the stoop of one of my projects and the guy pulls up. He's like, hey, let me check out your finishes. So we're walking through it and I'm showing him stuff. He's like, do you know anything about this building? I was like, that was the building I tried to buy at the beginning of the year. And so long story short, we got into he brought me into the deal to do asset management and work with the property manager hand in hand. And because wow press release on that deal because we bought from one of the large brokerages all the banks were calling me on the backside of that i had experience now and because of that press release i was able to get loans with other people and, and go down south so I, I left the virginia market came to north carolina and we've done a number of transactions here since then that's incredible man so you're like you couldn't get it done so you figured out a different way to do it and that ended up leading to kind of what you do now which is joint venture on larger syndication deals uh, incredible. So that guy just showed up, man. He's like, Hey, I, what, what, what can you do for me today? Huh? That yeah. That's the way it always works, man. You just got to keep taking those baby steps, right? I call it playing solitary. Mm -hmm. So you got your hand dealt and what can you do right now in order to move this thing a little bit further or closer to the goal? And so we just keep doing that. And it's been the same thing. You know, one day you can have no deal. You know, this, the next day you've got three deals and you don't know how you're going to fund all of them. And so just playing out the space, playing with the cards that you're dealt, just doing the best you can with what you have. And Hakeem, you bought your first deal when you were still playing the NFL, right? Yeah. So my rookie year, I was, I was uh, paying two grand a month uh, for a one bedroom apartment in Tempe, Arizona uh, from month to month. And I realized I was going to spend $24,000 that year on air uh, um, because it was just rent. And as soon as the season ended, I, you know, went through the process to figure out how I could house hack a fourplex. So essentially I got approved for FHA loan. Um, 
I found a $268,000 fourplex, lived in one unit, running out the other three, lived for free. Uh, after about seven months, I got cut from the Cardinals and went to the Lions. And technically with FHA loan, you have to live in that property for a year. Um, so for those, the rest of those five months, I Airbnb beat it um, and it did really, really well. And then over the past three and a half years, I've owned that property and actually just sold and closed on it about two weeks ago in Phoenix, uh, put no work into it and wound up being a solid, solid return. Both of you guys don't come from families that owned or had businesses around real estate. Is that correct? Or am I wrong in assuming that? I personally, uh, like from like direct family, no, I had an uncle who was like, doing his thing in real estate and I dated a girl in college whose dad was he, he kind of mentored me and fix and flip but growing up only thing was just just my uncle and I thought it was the craziest and coolest thing but besides that nothing else no role models for me I'm the son of a soldier and a stay-at-home mom and we didn't have any ascended family close to us so real estate was foreign for me but I knew it was a path in college I just didn't know how to get there so that's my, so that's my next question for both of you guys. What was the seed, you know, that, that planted that idea for you? And then why, I mean, why continue in this? Cause you know, even, I mean, you guys could do, be doing a lot of things. You're talented entrepreneurs. Um, you know, what was the seed for that? And then, I mean, if someone's listening to this and they want to get started in real estate, why though, why did you get started? Okay. Why don't you pick this one off? Yeah. For me, it was, I I still remember that moment. It was, I had like a no crap moment. So like when I was fixing and flipping houses in college, I was doing it, but I wasn't, what's the word? I wasn't fully there. I made a lot of money. It was cool. My degree was business with a concentration in real estate, but I was still in college. Like I didn't care about the properties we were flipping. I just knew I, I at the time was at first making like $25 an hour, which was awesome, which meant I could buy this amount of alcohol this weekend or do whatever with that money versus really genuinely caring about it. And actually, it's funny that I'm, I'm talking through the feelings of actually what I'm feeling. I remember right before me and his daughter broke up, he was going to start giving me equity on all the properties that we flipped. And that was the moment when I was like, damn, like this is real. I started doing my own research on real estate besides the stuff when I was in his office and all that type of stuff. And like, it got super real. And then me and his daughter broke up and it was like, I didn't have an avenue into real estate. So I didn't really, like, I didn't care much about real estate at the time. So that was, I went through another about year and a half, two years of college without him as my mentor. And then when I was training January of 2016 um, for the NFL, I had like an oh crap moment because I had to put my MBA on pause because I couldn't, I had like 10 credits, I still have 10 credits to go on my MBA but I couldn't do that and train. Like I had too many hours to train, too many hours of, of credits in order to make that happen. So I put it on pause. And that was the first time I had the realization that, you know, I'd moved, I hadn't moved out, but like moved a bunch of my stuff out of the house I was living in in college. And like, I went to boarding school for high school. So I'd essentially been out of the house since I was 14. And now I'm 22, 23 and having the realization like, yo, if I don't make it to the NFL, like. I'm going to be living back at home. Like I don't have a job. I don't have like, I've like, and like that was like, it, I instantly snapped and my commute every day was about an hour and a half each way. And we had about two hours of downtime for lunch um, and stuff like that. And I, when I was training, you know, most people are listening to up, upbeat music, all that type of stuff, arguing who has the on court at the gym and all that. I literally was bigger pockets this is 2016 bigger pockets and back then bigger pockets didn't have a whole bunch of like all stars and rock stars on the show it was like people who just fit like flipped their first property and like what went wrong and what went right and like i remember taking all the books that everybody was reading on those shows that they'd recommend at the end and then i'd get the audio book of it and it was literally a, con a continuous loom of listen to the next podcast listen to the audio books from that podcast listen to the next and like that's what I did for four or five, six hours a day was if I don't make it to the NFL, I'm investing in real estate. If I do make it to the NFL, I'm investing in real estate. And I was, I was, I was all in. So that was, it wasn't even really a bug. It was more of a 
like a motivation, a fire, yeah. like a spark. I love like, that because that's so how I learned too, then, man, was just audio clips, podcasts, books. Like that's literally how we bought our first deal was just everywhere I went, man, have my AirPods in. How about you, uh, Jerome? Yeah, so I was sitting on a stoop with my buddy Duran. And we were doing math because that's what engineering students do in their free time. <laughs> I was paying three ninety five. I had two roommates paying three ninety five. He had the same thing happening downstairs in his apartment. The guy that was running the complex when we multiplied everything out was making seven hundred grand a year. We never seen him. We never talked to him. It's like I want to do that, right? He had third party property management in place. It was just amazing. But back to the conversation we were just having about having a role model or an example, I had no idea how you did something like that. But I knew that it was possible. And I figured I don't have to make $700,000 a year, but let's say I just make half of that. Like that's a phenomenal lifestyle. And so I set out on the quest to build some experience in business, uh, some knowledge about how to actually do real estate, meet some people, build a credit score, get some cash in the bank. And then I thought I would I always go out and do it, but I just didn't have that conduit in. And then, you know, when I was cocky and overconfident, I was like, I got an 800 credit score. I got this much money in the bank. Of course, they're going to lend to me to do the deal. And they told me, no, you know, that depleted the ego a little bit. And it's like, it still matters who you know. It doesn't matter like what you know. You've got mm-hmm. a network. You've got to expand the the people that you're engaging with if you want to do something you've never done before. That's so interesting. And, and kind of next question sets me up that I want to ask you guys was, and, and you know, one of the reasons I want to bring you guys in is because you're doing such an amazing job of using your platforms um, to really teach other folks how to get into real estate. So Hakeem's all over social media, you know, and talking about his, um, how to buy properties even when he was in the NFL and, and Jerome, what you're doing in this conference we got coming up that we're speaking at. Um, so you're really using your platform now to show other people, hey, this is how you, you can get started. But for you, and, and this kind of brings this or maybe begins this conversation about race as it pertains to our industry, you know, did you see anybody that looked like you or talk about the, the importance of that, of having someone, when I say look like you, another black male or black female, right, who was in this industry? Was there anyone like that for you during that time to help you get in? If so, talk about that. If not, how'd you overcome that? And, and, and how about this, too? Maybe one of you can, Jerome, why don't you speak to this, why that's important to have someone who actually looks like you as a model or as a mentor? Yeah, so if I just jump on that live grenade, right? I remember an executive. There was one executive at a company of 17,000 employees who looked like me. And I would always tell him because I had access to him, man, like you're shining the light for everybody. You make it possible. When I walked into corporate, I was like, I'm going to run a division of this company at some point. And that guy was the closest thing to somebody running a division that looked like me. And so I was like, okay, you make it possible because I see that you've ascended to that level in the organization. When I came into multifamily, nobody looked like me. In fact, the first time I saw somebody look like me, it was Maurice Philogene, who was speaking at um, RE, RE Mentor, the Dave Lindahl deal, the ultimate partnering event. And that was last year. And it's like, where is everybody? Like, And what I've learned through like searching through the industry and trying to find that network of people, not because I don't want to work with other people, but just out of curiosity of what could be or what has been, it's just like people have been taught not to share their success. They've been told to fly under the radar. You don't want people to know what you're doing or how much you're doing. And I think they're robbing people. There's a whole lot of people out here who are looking for somebody to confirm that this dream is real for them or it could be real for them. And because they don't see it, a lot of people are probably turning around or Mm. they're not saying, I'm going to be the trailblazer. I'm going to be the one that changes the face of this. I'm going to be the one to show others that they can do it. Why is that the mindset? Let me just go back to that. The mindset, hey, don't don't talk too loud. So I don't know why per se most of the time that's said because people are doing things to make their money illegally and they don't want too much attention right so neighborhood that i grew up in the majority of my friends didn't 
go to college. Like they stayed at home and sold drugs, right? So you keep a, you keep your head low. You don't spend time letting everybody know what you're doing because somebody will come take everything away from you if you do that, right? So you got to pretend like you don't have things. Uh, but in this space, and I adopted that, right? So Ellis, I was part of the problem for a while because I was having success. I was closing deals. And I wasn't telling anybody because I was just taught that you're supposed to stay low and nobody's supposed to know. But then I started talking to people and it's like, well, if nobody knows what you're doing, how are they ever going to do a deal with you? Right? If nobody knows that you're having this level of success, how are they going to know that they can do it? And that's when, like, if you go back before May of 2019, you can't find me anywhere. And that was a great tragedy. And so I had to self-correct, man. I had to start showing. I, I agree with that. What, what Jerome just said so heavily and resonate with it so heavily because same exact thing. Like I, I bought my first property in 2017. I didn't talk about it until at least 2019. And it was like, for me, I think it, it was, it's a multifaceted answer and it was definitely a level of insecurity. You know, I was doing cool things, you know, investment wise, you know, buying properties, fourplexes, duplexes, 40 acres, all that type of stuff. But it was like, I think it's, 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 it's really what Jerome says is in our culture, it's not, you know, you don't brag about that kind of stuff in that sense. And like the stuff I was bragging about was look at me. I'm out here with Larry Fitzgerald. Look at me. I'm at the club. Like you go back to my Instagram, like you get just exactly how Jerome said. You go like right before January of 2019, it's all insecurity. It's just like, look at me. I'm doing this. Look at me. I'm doing that. I'm on this field. I'm playing football here. How many likes can I get on this picture? Because I look cool. My, my, you know, I said my football swag is high here or whatever, whatever. And like, that's what's the norm. That's what's acceptable, at least, at least, at least what I thought, but from a, from a, almost an obligation of putting that content out to be that role model. I, I, I think back to Barack Obama, uh, you know, before Obama was president, you ask a little kid what they want to be to grow up, ask a little black kid what they want to be to grow up. You can say fireman, you can say policeman, you can say, you can even say real estate investor, you can say teacher but you couldn't say president before Obama became president. And I think that glimpse of hope, that glimpse of vision, that glimpse of, oh snap, it is really possible. It's hard to understand that. Uh, and it's hard to think of yourself on a micro level from a real estate standpoint or from what you're doing from an entrepreneurial standpoint that you know can bring values to others in your community. Um, but it does have that same type of effect. Mm. And I just want to be clear, like one of the, like, one of the big reasons why we're doing this show is for that right there. I mean, I, I want to make sure we're doing our part and really, and I think everyone has called it, especially as kingdom leaders. Like if you have a platform, if you have a voice, man, it doesn't matter what color you are. Like you have an obligation, a duty to the king himself and to the kingdom to be spotlighting those who, you know, who maybe don't or haven't had the opportunity to have those dreams. So I love that right there, man. I just, want to acknowledge that's what we're doing here if anybody's wondering like why this conversation like that's what we're called to and we will use this platform and this this microphone to be able to do that and looking let me stay on you for a little bit man because we, we were talking offline i'm curious as you were breaking into this industry and doing real estate barriers for you that maybe you had to overcome as a black man that maybe was unique to your situation or environment that you would be willing to share Definitely. Uh, sharks. Sharks. Sharks and people playing me for some dumb jock. Um, and like, like, I wouldn't even say dumb. You could, you could go to a level deeper, dumb black jock. But just, he's just like, I could, you know, you could feel an energy of like the vibe, like when you're in a room of like what these people really think of you in that sense. And I've had that feeling of, oh, he's just that he's just that black football player who's got a bunch of money and thrown it into real estate and don't know that I have a degree in, in business with a concentration in real estate. Don't know I've been doing this for eight years. Don't know I was doing real estate for four years before I even made it to the NFL. Um, I think 
it's it's the level of one like i said sharks so you know initially people just think that you're just you just want to throw your money at every deal because you're a professional athlete and you, you're you're dumb so you try they people try and explain stuff in like super 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 layman's terms like not like thinking that i don't understand it and it's almost like i wouldn't say it's offensive but it's like come on bro you know what i'm saying it's like like <laughs> like i know what a cap rate is and uh like i think it wasn't a barrier. It was, it was interact. Me as I'm, I'm fascinated by just, just by uh, the way humans just communicate and the way humans uh, interact and the way they, uh, what's the word? Just perceive and judge. So just understanding that and like going into a room already with that mindset and knowing how people are thinking about you, it's interesting navigating it. I wouldn't say it was much of a challenge. It's just, it's, filtering out the BS and who's real and who's not like my first like when I first put a post on bigger pockets when I re, when I finished my rookie year in Arizona I, I put out a post on bigger pockets my name's Hakeem I'm a tight end from the Arizona Cardinals and I'm I would love to network with other people who are interested in multifamily investing and I probably had coffee with 50 people but 40 of them were just like trying to pitch me to invest in their fund and like whatever I'm like I, I want a house hack oh but invest in this but I want a house hack Oh, and do this. No, but I want a house hack. And it's like, it's a level of, and I don't know how, how much that has to do with race or like, I don't know, like the balance between race and being a jock, but I do know the balance of, you know, people look at black people and initially think that they're not as smart. And like, that's, that's real. And like understanding that and then navigating and, you know, figuring out your way to success through it. I think it's just part of the process and what makes, makes us great. Jerome, you know, you, you've really, I mean, you're, you're, I, I love your question is industry, man. You've really been an awesome voice and you're really elevating your voice in a, in a, in a real proud way, you know, in our industry together. Um, you got a conference coming up and it's so unique, man, because most of the conferences that you and I both attend or speak or even get asked to attend, let's be honest, man, like Typically, there's one black guy, and it's usually you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, so this is so interesting. I love this conference that we're doing together because there's I'm actually the minority. I, I'm, I was looking at the list. I'm like, there's one white guy. I'm, I'm him, you know, um, which I love being in that position. But I'm, I'm just curious, man, like, you know, you share with me, you got asked to go to a conference or speak at a conference not too long ago. And you turned it down. Um, talk about why you turned that, that opportunity down and, and then even a little bit about kind of what you're trying to do with your conference. Yeah. So it wasn't that I got asked to speak at a conference and I turned it down. What happened was there was somebody who was speaking and they're like, Hey man, I know you support me. I'd love for you to be at the conference. And I went and looked at the website and I was like, bro, there's nobody who looks like me speaking at this conference. There's no way that I can buy a ticket to that. And he paused and he was like, oh, I didn't even see that. What and do you, you mean no one looked like you, just to be clear? Nobody had the same skin tone as me, right? Nobody, nobody else in the industry has dreads and tattoos that are placed. <laughs> Everybody in the industry is white. Let's just be, I mean, most people, you know, let's just be honest. We call it like it is. Right. So I said, I, 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 I look for that. I'm, I'm seeking diversity. I'm, I'm seeking for people who have platforms to select diverse talent to share the stories. So everybody who looks like me and who doesn't, they can be Asian, they can be of, um, you know, from Hispanic descent, whatever it is, right? But there's more people than just the white guys. And it's really just like the white guys, like there's women who are crushing it. Like the lack of diversity, I don't think we can continue to do that. I think that it's the podcast hosts, it's the conference organizers, it's you name it. If you've got a platform and you're not being intentional about who you're bringing on your platform to speak, to share with the potential listeners in your community, I think you're doing them a disservice, right? We, I, 
I was listening to Hakeem and I was smiling because when you look at what's presented in the media, people are presented a certain way, right? And if that's all that you have is what was presented on the news or what was presented in a music video or what you saw on Instagram because it got a ton of likes. And then they come listen to the Kingdom Capitalist podcast and they don't see anybody other than white Christians on the show. It's like, is that all that there is? Or is Ellis looking hard enough to find those people who embody those values, but are wrapped a little bit differently? Right. Because at the end of the day, like we're all human. Right. We all if we love on each other, if we see the humanity, like we can all live in an amazing space and place. But we get caught up in the physical and it's so it's just skin deep. But, you know, people say, well, why does it matter what somebody looks like when they come on the platform? It matters because there's some people who have never seen an example of that for them. And people are looking for that and they can see that from a distance and they can say, oh, it's okay. And the perfect example is a lot of times people will go into a church, right? Or a mosque or a synagogue. And if they don't see anybody that looks similar to them, a lot of times they turn around and walk out just because they didn't know any better. And it's like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here, Mm. right? That question of whether or not I'm supposed to be here Mm. is usually signaled by who's already there. And the person feeling welcome when they walk in. And so I, I think that matters a lot. That's huge. I could add some context too on for someone who, who, who maybe understand what Jerome's saying, not even in a black and white standpoint. Back when I was training, not even training for the NFL, but coming from my school, I went to a very small school, Monmouth University. They don't have really anybody who's went to the NFL from there. I, going into my senior year, had zero catches, zero touchdowns. and I knew that there was a guy who graduated a year before I got there who played for one season. He had 12 catches and two touchdowns, and he made it to the NFL. He's still playing today. He's been playing for year eight or nine, two or three Super Bowl rings. And that was my motivation. He came from my school. Like, no one else had done anything like that. He came from my school. He had 12 catches, two touchdowns. And I was like, all right, I can do it. I had 40 catches, three touchdowns in two years. And made it. But like the whole time in the back of my mind, I'm like, if Chris Hogan could do it for moments, all I know I all I know I have to do is ball out my pro day. And it made me go ten times harder because I can actually put myself in someone else's shoes who did the same exact thing. Yeah, I just think that's so massive, man. I, I think one of the reasons I want to bring that up, I think you know, not just as the podcast host or the conference host, I think as an attendee you know, like, how do we change this? Like, we have to be dissatisfied with the lack of diversity and voices we see on the platform. And so, you know, I'll be honest, and I, and I shared this several episodes ago when we had Shea Bynes on the podcast, I have not done my role in bringing on enough diverse audience to spotlight, you know, the stories of other people. And here's why. It's not that I was evil intent. I don't think most people in this industry are doing it out of an evil intent. I just want to show white people it's just easier as a white man to bring in white folks because that's who I'm around. That's who have had the privilege and the head start in a sense and been around for, you know, several more decades. So it's just easier to go out and find successful people who look like me in this century. It's much harder to be intentional about finding other voices and people who look differently. So I don't think it's out of evil intent, but it is possible. Right. And we, and, and we do have to kind of, you know, search a little bit harder. And I think it's, it's, I mean, and we're speaking to a group of kingdom leaders here. Like it is part of our mission um, to, as a kingdom leader, to really spotlight voices that are different than us, because we are part of a much bigger kingdom that is not just white. It's not just Brown. It's not just yellow. So I do think that's huge but to go back to that as a, as an attendee, you know, like I think even hearing that from you, uh, Jerome early on was like, dang, yeah. How many conferences have I supported and not said anything that were kind of one way, right? And I just think that has, in a sense, kind of rose the level of of conscious or awareness in my own heart and mind of like, what am I supporting? And here's the thing, most, or maybe just even bring it to that host, because I know for a fact that they don't, you know, because they're not in those type of conversations, they don't see that either. 
And so, um, anyways. Yeah, man. I, I don't think it's evil intent either. It's just the status quo, right? It's more of the same. And unless you're intentionally seeking it or you get blasted in your LinkedIn feed because every time you come in, that person's showing up. So you can't ignore that they're actually there doing it. But, you know, for the people who are kind of in the shadows, right? They're not doing podcasts. They're not sharing their message and telling people about their success. How are you going to know that they're out there? I mean, for instance, like you're in California. I'm in North Carolina. Like we couldn't be further apart in the U.S., right? So how are you going to know about me unless we have this beautiful thing on the Internet with social media? I don't think you do just because we went and hit the same circles, even though you're from South Carolina, by the way. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great point, man. And so, you know, we got 10 minutes or so left here on the show. I mean, let's go there. I mean, you know, if you, if your advice tips, I mean, as it get your story, I mean, how do, how would someone begin to do that? I mean, both of you guys, um, you know, uh, Hakeem's had it easy, man. He played for the NFL. He just posts some NFL picks, you know, people follow his stuff, but you know, for guys who don't have that status, like me and you, Jerome, you know, the, the average guys, like, I'm just kidding. Hakeem, you can add some to this as well, but, um, I'm curious, you know, like what would be some things that you have done early on to really build that platform for people to be able to find you? So I was drawing it in the dirt, man. I, I remember how awkward I was when I posted my first like selfie video. And it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I was just completely transparent in the conversation. I don't know what I'm doing, but my hope is to inspire somebody. And I don't know who it's going to be, but you know, I'm just going to share my journey with you guys and hopefully you'll enjoy the ride. And then from there, I just document it, right? I, I listen to Gary Vee a lot and he talks about documenting the process and not having a bunch of post-produced content, but just catching stuff in the moment and actually showing people that you're actually doing the doing. Uh, there's something to be said for polish, but my, my content isn't super polished. It's in the moment and a lot of it is just kind of made up on the spot. If I happen to be at an apartment complex touring, I might post a video of an interior of a unit so that people can see what actually happens. If something hits me while I'm on my morning run and I want to share that, I might write something out real quick and put a picture with it so people can see that. And I think just that alone, in addition to engaging with the people that are in the space, begins to bubble up uh, your people's awareness about you. Right. I heard you on John Kasman's podcast the first time I heard you. And I reached out after I was like, Ellis, I really liked your story. I really like what you're doing. And this was before Kingdom Capitalist. Like this was early when it was just AliceHammond.com. Right. So I was in the grassroots of this thing for you. And it's just like when you and then you I think you have to have some success, though. Like, that's the thing that I, I forget. I think a lot of people miss. Like, they want to be famous and not actually done anything. Like, go have some success and then sh let people in so that they can see your transition and your progression. And those people who get in on the ground floor with you arrive with you all the way. I mean, that's what I've been doing with you. That's huge, man. I, uh, I agree with everything Jerome said. Um, I think to add some of my two cents, I think documenting the process is huge. Um, and I, I like how you, how you mentioned that, you know, have some sort of success. And I think success is, what's the word? Success is subjective. I think subject, success to me is just happiness. So I also think from a document the process, just because you're just getting started, don't be afraid to put out content. I think content and just all the social platforms is just a massive accelerator to get into the end point. It's gonna accelerate the fact that you're really bad at putting out content, you're a really bad person and you got some deep dark secrets and now the world knows about it, or it's gonna accelerate the fact that you actually have good intentions, you're a good person and you're, you're, you're trying to bring some good into the world. And I think that's one hesitation for some people to even get started when it comes to posting content because they have some insecurities about some of the demons and uh, dark stuff that they've got in some of their, their closets that they might not have put out into the world yet and they're afraid they're going to get exposed um in that sense from like a, a tactical standpoint i think the platforms are critical like linkedin is it's still unreal that's last time i checked 800 million people on the platform and 0.5 percent of the users 
are posting content. So there's a lot of eyes and those pipes need to be filled with content. Therefore, the organic reach on LinkedIn is still out of this world um, because everybody's still using it as a place to get endorsed and a place to just brag about some of their accomplishments and, and, and stuff like that. Whereas reality, it's, it's, a, it's a land grab. When it, it talking real estate, it's a straight land grab when it comes to content. TikTok, as wild as it sounds, I've been on TikTok for the last month now, and I've went from 55 followers to 90,000 followers. Wow. And the content that I've been putting out is the same content that I put on my Instagram and LinkedIn. It's no dancing. It's nothing of that sort. It's contextual content for TikTok. And it's wild because I'm getting to see the feedback of the data that the people on there aren't a bunch of kids. Like I've been on probably, it's probably like 10 to 15 podcasts in the last month from people who are like, they, they reach out to me on Instagram, like, Hey, saw your TikTok. Would love to have you come on my show called blah, 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 blah. And I think it's just super interesting and super, it's super wild. And it's, I think that the fastest way to grow on any platform, especially Instagram right now, the fastest way to get new Instagram followers is to post on TikTok at scale because you can link your Instagram pro, you can link your Instagram uh, profile in your bio where it's just one click away to your Instagram. Profile. I mean, I've, in the last month have gotten 700 new followers on Instagram from TikTok. And like now I'm doing these weekly Zoom Q&A calls with people from just my audience from TikTok because it's one, they're very convertible. Like I've like hundreds, like hundreds of DMs on Instagram asking questions about real estate, asking questions about football and the NFL um, about that. And it's like an opportunity just to kind of give value, but it's an opportunity to create a real community and have a platform. And I think the hesitation a lot of people have with TikTok is, is you know, what, what, how am I going to make money? People are thinking transaction, transaction, transaction. And if you're building a brand that should be building it in perpetuity, not to make a million dollars overnight, like here in, here in Jerome's goal of a thousand units by 20, by, by 2028 is that was so dope to hear that. Cause like, that's a, that's an achievable scalable real plan but that's that's a plan that's going in perpetuity that's not him making a million dollars overnight that's not him making probably a million dollars maybe a million dollars annually by 2028 but it's 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 just growth and i think if you're building your brand in perpetuity then you're going to want to be in front of attention always and tiktok is the only conceivable threat right now to instagram and they're a feature away from being the instagram of the day so if tiktok became the instagram of the day it's probably a good idea like myself to have 90,000 followers when everybody else gets to the platform because I'll have more leverage and possibly more opportunities um, as the opportunities start to play out and then when you think about figuring out how to communicate the, the platform of the future the data is already saying it young kids aren't on Instagram they're on YouTube and TikTok at scales the platform of the future is going to be something that's like TikTok TikTok style of communication. So if you don't know how to communicate in that style, you're going to be irrelevant in the next five to 10 years, like the other people who are saying, I don't go on Instagram or we're, we are, we are, it's, it's laughable how as a, as a, as a generation, we laugh at our grandparents who are like, I don't do the Instagram social media stuff when we do the same exact thing to platforms like TikTok, when the data is screaming in our face that it's not like a fad, it's happening. That's really and, uh, fascinating. I got a TikTok, by the way, so you can go follow me at uh, Ellis Hammond. I, th I, I think I was on when it first came out because I heard Gary Vee do it. I'm like, oh, I yeah. don't know if this thing's going to blow up, but I'm definitely going to go get my name. <laughs> so my, my best piece of advice came from Gary Vee. So it's my best piece of advice is from Gary Vee. Like I, when I started on there, like I said, I had 55 followers a month ago, but I've been on the platform for a minute now, but I've just been posting random stuff and just taking stuff like from Instagram and just directly posting it on TikTok. When in reality, you need to make your videos in nine by 16. You need to have words that pop up. You need to actually make it some type of contextual. But the piece of advice Gary said was take five hours, go inside your niche. So type in multifamily, type in real estate, type in real estate agent on TikTok, take five hours because it's that important over the next week and just consume for five hours. Just consume, consume, consume. That way you see just what's that. working, what people are see doing. See what's working. And you're going to literally instantly get inspired. Like, how the hell does this person have a million likes on this post talking about this when I've already done X, Y, and Z and done this better? And then it's like, all right, now I'm going right into, like, literally it's exactly what 
but I did. Went right into the weeds, started posting, started posting, started posting. And it's crazy. Like, TikTok is so crazy. Is the more you post, the more, like, I'll arguably be at 100,000 followers in the next week, week and a half at the pace I'm at. But if I post twice as much as I'm posting right now, I'll be at 100,000 followers in three days. Because That's it's incredible. literally the more times you post, the more exposure you get and the more followers you get. At, it gets scary how fast it's happening. And like, I, I don't mean to go too deep on a TikTok rampage here, but it's that important. As someone who lives in the media space, it's arguably one of the more important plays right now. Well, just I think it's huge. I mean, I think, I think it goes back to our topic. Like, you know, part of changing this story, this narrative is, you know, we need more people unashamed to tell their story or talk about their success or even just share their journey. I think that's something so important is that you can start by sharing your journey. You know, Jerome did not wait till he got to a thousand doors to start sharing his journey. And I'm doing the same thing, actually starting a YouTube channel called the mission multifamily about my journey towards a thousand apartment units. I'm not there yet, but I want people, I want people rooting for me, right? I want people helping me get there. And that's what you do when you start bringing people into your journey guys i just got another minute or two but i would love to hear quickly um what's next for you guys and how can people follow along like what you know what what's happening where are you going how can we be rooting for you right talking about your story and how can people follow along maybe give an action step where people can go to to learn more to be able to follow along with you um jerome why don't you start yeah so we launched multifamily missteps as a podcast to help people get exposure to the not so pretty side of multifamily investing. I think a lot of people have been so rainbows and unicorns and there's a lot of whole hard work that goes into this business. And so we wanted to start sharing those stories. And we've had people on from three doors to 3000 doors come in and just share their stories and experiences to help people come in eyes wide open. And then, you know, if you wanna learn more about how we do our deals, uh, jump over to MyersMethods.com, M-Y-E-R-S-M-E-T-H-O-D-S.com. And there you can get a free four-step guide for multifamily investing and why we like joint ventures over syndication. There's a 15-minute podcast to go with that. Love that. Um, so real estate-wise right now, I'm actually sitting on the sidelines. Uh, I don't plan on deploying capital for the next six to 12 months. Um, so I'm just watching. Um, I have a podcast that I'll be launching in the next month called Pro Athletes in Real Estate, where I'm highlighting a bunch of stories of actual pro athletes and what they've been doing in the weeds of real estate. Um, I've been ripping and running with my company, Perspective Global Media. We essentially help people launch their podcast, and then we help people with established podcasts create and extract micro content from each episode. Um, so we've been head down, ripping and running with that. Um, you can find out more on that on just perspectiveglobalmedia.com and then find me on any of the social platforms at Hakeem Vallis or Hawk Vallis 80 on Instagram. Uh, if you guys would, when you fill out that form, make sure you send me any of those important links that you just mentioned so I can put those in the show notes. That'd be way easier than me trying to write down everything you just said. So, because uh, cool. I really, cool. I mean, I want folks to go and follow you and hear these stories and get and see examples of guys who are just crushing it. Um, you know, and knocking down barriers and, and finding success in this industry. So guys, I'm so grateful to have you on the show. It means so much that, um, that you would bless our community like this and just coming on and being open, being honest, shedding light on, you know, on, on a real issue uh, in our industry, you know, about really sharing, sharing different voices, different faces. Uh, so thanks for your partnership in that guys. Really, really grateful to have you on. Glad to do it. Alice, actually, real quick, real quick. Are we still live? Yeah, we're still live. Just to bring some value to your own audience. Um, as, as a white male who's, who's bringing value to, honestly, everybody, by having us on this show, to have people essentially following your footsteps. Like, if I'm a white male listening to this show right now, what is the best way for me to initiate the conversation the way you've just initiated the conversation with us? Because I think that's the most important thing throughout this while these wild times that's kind of going on right now. Nothing happens until black people get the attention of white people. And now that the attentions happen, conversations need to happen. Um, as a white male who, who's done it, what type of advice do you have for someone to one, initiate the conversation and to go about that conversation? And kind of what does that look like? 
I don't oh, mean to I mean, come super yeah, late, no, but really I, good, I, I wanted to make sure I got and, that. And maybe, the, uh, maybe I, uh, I can do a whole post on this on LinkedIn and just share this more broadly because I probably got longer thoughts than we got time for. But I do think, you know, we're talking about one industry, real estate. And I know this is not the only industry where, you know, the voices of, of black men and women are, you know, who are having success are not being shared. So I think first it's looking and, I, and that's part of the goal of this show is to help people be um, reflective in the sense of, or just even kind of raise the level of conscious to say, Hey, what, look at your industry or look at your job or look at your company and just ask the question, who are the main voices? Right. Um, is it mainly white or mainly one race? I, I think being aware and just kind of being introspective on the circles you're in and where you're speaking and even maybe where you're listening. Um, I think, I think that's step one and then trying to raise attention to that. If you have a platform as a kingdom leader, you're, you will be held accountable for that, how you use that platform. I want people to know that. So I think that's step one, Hakeem. I think, um, you know, how to do that and how to bring that up, um, you know, I think always starts with a level of humility. Um, I, I think most people, again, aren't doing this out of evil intent. I think it's just a, a lack of awareness. So and I think it's helping do the work of trying to find voices that can come and shed light and, you know, who are, who are having success like you guys and saying, hey, what about this guy? What about his story? Doing your part and really elevating those voices is huge. So those would be two things. I think that's a great question. I'd love to speak more on, which maybe I'll release kind of a longer video on that too. Um, but those would be two things. It's just being aware. And then again, doing the, it's all about being intentional, right? And, and doing the work of going and finding those voices that you want to highlight. So anyways, I hope that's helpful for anyone who's listening. I appreciate that question. Um, I think it's something to really wrestle with. Everyone, we're so grateful for this. If you're loving this show, make sure you you uh, interact with us on TikTok. Um, that never gave that call to action before, except for today. Uh, and LinkedIn, two platforms we're at. Make sure you screenshot this, interact with us there. We'd love to, uh, to know what you're thinking about this show. We're grateful for you. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this show today. If you want to learn more about our community, you're going to want to visit us at kingdomcapitalist.co. There you can find info on our private mastermind and even subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on new shows. And last but not least, land opportunities to get private trainings and coaching calls with the guests of this show. If you're enjoying this show, please take a minute to leave us a five-star review and also share this with a friend. We'll see you next time.